I'm Catherine Robinson, the acting manager of Home From Home, the Ulster Hospital in Dundonald. This is the beginning of the night shift and there'll be a handover period of about half an hour in most areas. People that are going off can let the staff know what care is required and what patients that are here at the minute um, and any that are potentially coming in. But the place is open all, uh, 24 hours so anybody would ring up if they had problems in labour or if they were some query about their pregnancy during the night they would ring here and this is where they would come in. So the girls are handing over at the minute so all the drugs have to be checked at night. Um, just so, so that when you go off that you know that the control drugs are correct and you know what drugs you have for use overnight. So they'll be checked by two members of staff, one going off, one coming on to say they're correct. We go into room two here, which I believe is empty. When they come in here, we would encourage mothers to remain as mobile as possible for their labour. Daddy can stay overnight. He sleeps on the couch here. It falls out to a single bed. And all the rooms have birthing poles. It takes about 10 minutes to fill up the bath and keep it at 37 degrees. And mums find that very useful for helping with relaxation for labour. I think working at night time it's a bigger challenge for a midwife because very often patients feel more alone as such, maybe in a bay with curtains around them and more frightened. And you find once morning comes and the birds start singing that life never seems so bad, you know, when they're in labour or with a crying baby. So I think maybe mums at night time do need that bit more of support when they haven't got maybe their partner or family around about them. baby walking at this time of the night. Now, are they trying to walk the baby to sleep or are they, was she working? Has she been working during the night? Mother has probably minded the baby and she has to go back to her own place or has her partner. You know, there's so many, there's somebody driving past us on a bicycle. Then why is it in total darkness that somebody has to be on the road 
and a bicycle with no lights. Uh, you know, and I can't see him, what's going to happen? I've just received a text message, just received a bleed for a text message, and I would be 99% sure that this is a certain type of worker, night worker, that requires transport. It is. That is a lady who works in the oldest industry in the world. Now, she has just sent her usual text message to say, uh, I need collected and taken to my place of work. So she is now going out to uh, walk the streets of Belfast. It's uh, an industry which is, as we say, the oldest industry in the world. It does happen in Belfast. Uh, again, it's another group of people. I have got to know a couple of the girls, driving them about on occasions. Nice people, like everybody else, just out the earn money. Unfortunately, uh, their job is a lot more dangerous than mine. I'm Paul McKeown, and I'm the inpatient unit manager of the Northern Ireland Hospice. The night time, I think, from a nursing perspective, the night time, as I said, is quite a privileged time with patients, and a lot of our staff will actually request to go on to nights, because it's that time when they can have possibly a bit more quality time with patients and with relatives. Is it difficult? It can be difficult. Um, as I say, it's, it's lovely when things go well, when somebody has a very peaceful day. The night time can be quite a, um, a different time for patients. They, if you think yourself, when you go to bed at night, you sometimes you think about the day that you've had and you think about tomorrow. And if you're thinking of those two things, for some of our patients, those thoughts can be very different thoughts and it can be a time when while it's quieter there's less doctors, there's less phone calls, it's a, it can be a quieter time within the, the physical building and the patients can have a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions and as nurses we're in that position where we can spend the time with them, can provide reassurance, we can sometimes it's just a case of sitting and having a cup of tea with somebody, occasionally we have Tea and toast starts at four in the morning for a couple of patients, maybe just have a chat amongst themselves as well, and there can be a few laughs thrown in there as well. babies are born at night? They probably aren't more born at night, they're more born spontaneously at night, but because their inductions and plan cesarean sections are done during the day, that maybe equals the numbers out, but they're more spontaneous labours happen at night. People, when they're very relaxed, will tend to go into labour. And it's 
seems to be are come back to our animal roots where people would go into labour if you wanted to have a baby you wouldn't have it in the middle of the Serengeti out in the daylight where there were any predators about you would do it quiet at dark at night and that's very important for normal labour that you keep everything as quiet so you'd have subdued lighting and very quiet and that doesn't interfere with um, the normal process of labour. If people get very stressed their adrenaline levels go up and that actually stops labour. My name is Lorraine Miller. I've been a midwife in the Home From Home unit now two years and I've been practising as a midwife for four years. I'm just in from basically helping women breastfeed. You find that at night babies will want to feed more because women's hormones are at a higher level at night. So they release prolactin and oxytocin. So it's always good that the women breastfeed between the hours of two and six in the morning. So nature isn't very forgiving towards us ladies, but it's always good that the babies don't miss a feed at that time. So it's preparing for the night and settling down. And generally then we just see what the night brings. What room are we in? Two, two room two. Yes, yes. that's great. All so, right. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's a pal one at 38 weeks now. She's come in in labour. She's been attracting since Saturday on and off. But she says they're now every sort of 10 minutes, just gradually getting stronger. Okay. She looks so calm, so relaxed. Um, so I, I wasn't 100% sure she was going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So we did a wee internal anyway at her request and her cervix was mid-position, almost fully effaced. She's a good six oh, centimetres great. dilated. Head's really well down, sitting at the spine's very well applied to the cervix. Okay, lovely. Basically this lady has came up, it's her second baby and um, she's in spontaneous labour. So all is well, she is contracting and that is her inactive labour now. She's six centimetres dilated. She's keen to try the water whenever she needs it. So I'm just going in to introduce myself and um, have a wee chat with her. Here we are here. Holliston Tigers Bay. <coughs> Thankfully the lights turn green because I don't particularly like the set of these satellites. And we're sailing the left hand side is coming up to the Protestant people and the right-hand side of the Catholic people. And we're driving down the middle of the two of them. <laughs> now, one noticeable fact of this road at this time of the morning, compared to what we've seen the rest of the night, we haven't seen anybody. There's nobody. No we walking dogs, no we coming home, no, no we leaving a girlfriend or boyfriend off. Because this is the, the divide. We're coming in now to one of the most contentious, contentious parts of North Belfast. And that where we've just come through has been part of what was known the Murder Mile, uh, a very scary part. Uh, I lost, through the troubles, I, I lost my mother when I was quite young in family. She was, she was one of six that was killed and 50 were injured. I was 10 years of age, my young brother was eight traumatic to such an extent that it cannot be cup and match. It's never been I've never suffered anything like it since and I don't particularly want to suffer anything like it. But I'm only a statistic because there were over three and a half thousand deaths in Belfast in the north of Ireland throughout the Troubles. The Troubles were a traumatic time. Anybody over the age of forty will remember vividly, have grew up through it, have suffered and will have experienced some sort of uh, trouble from it. Now Thankfully you're still awake, because uh, I have been droning on. <laughs> here we are, here. There you are, 15 exactly, please. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
At night, there's spiritual and, and religious um, questions that can come up, um, and I suppose there's a lot of unanswerable questions that patients may have. What's going to happen next? Um, a lot of patients will, can ask, you know, how will I die? There's always a fear of, of how will I die, and um, they look for that reassurance of that it will be peaceful, that it will be calm and quiet and relatives will also ask for that reassurance that everything's going to be okay. They're aware that death will happen but they just want to know that it's going to be a good death and a managed death, a death that we're as nurses we're able to manage and, and make it the best death that they, that they possibly can have. We're coming up to second stage and um, we're definitely using the gas in there more and hoping to see that baby soon. <laughs>